Welcome to Explore, Teach, Conserve, or the ETC podcast by the University of Minnesota Extension, where we talk with people about exploring, making discoveries, and solving problems to better manage our natural resources, and we share ideas to help you learn more and get involved. This is an older episode from when we used a different title, The Naturalist, but the conversation and ideas are still fresh. If you enjoy it, we hope you'll subscribe and listen to more episodes of Explore, Teach, Conserve, or the ETC. Welcome to the Naturalist Podcast by the University of Minnesota Extension. I'm Nate Meyer, your host today, and we are excited to talk with Amy Rager from the University of Minnesota Extension's Minnesota Master Naturalist Volunteer Program. We'll share some updates about the program and some exciting ways that you can learn more and get involved. Stay tuned for a special announcement at the very end of this episode, too. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Nate. Thanks for having me. For sure. So let's dig in. This is a podcast about making discoveries and solving problems to better manage our natural resources. Some of our listeners might not be familiar with the Minnesota Master Naturalist Volunteer Program. Tell us a little bit about the program and how it's helping with natural resource management in Minnesota. Sure. The Minnesota Master Naturalist Program was started in the year 2005. So this is our 15th anniversary. We're really excited about that. And we've grown and learned a lot of things over the years. Um, our volunteers have contributed over 620,000 volunteer service hours in that time, um, and we've trained over 2,700 people. When someone goes through the Minnesota Master Naturalist Program, they receive an initial 40 hours of classroom training in a particular biome. Now, in Minnesota, we are a strange state because we have four biomes and we're a state without mountains, but uh, that's much more common in a mountainous state. So we have the Northwoods Great Lakes, the Big Woods, Big Rivers, and the Prairies and Potholes. We also have the Aspen Parklands, which is in the northwestern portion of the state, and it's a very small number of acres in Minnesota, so we deal with that in the Big Woods, Big Rivers curriculum. Once you complete the 40 hours of initial training and a capstone project, which is a small service project you do in class, and it just helps us understand that you know how you're going to move forward with volunteer service, you will go out into the world and do 40 hours of volunteer work in natural resources across the state of Minnesota. So people might volunteer to nature center, they might do buckthorn removal, prairie seed collection, water monitoring. Uh, we have a, a wide range of projects that people volunteer in across the state. Our typical person participating in the Master Naturalist program tends to be kind of the empty nester age. So lots of our participants, the average age is about 55, often still working. So this is a program that fits in the people who are employed. We would love to see uh, more younger people get involved, and we're really interested in moving forward in new ways. Uh, COVID has sort of forced that maybe a little quicker than we wanted, but uh, I think we're on track to have another successful year. You mentioned 620,000 hours or so over the course of the program. What was the overall volunteer service impact last year in sort of a typical year? Yeah, last year we had about 83,000 hours contributed by our volunteers. That volunteer service value, you know, has millions of dollars worth of value. It's a, it's a really impactful thing for the state of Minnesota. If you think about volunteers out in the field, 
we have a great Department of Natural Resources and Soil and Water Conservation Districts and many people in Minnesota doing this work, but there are not a lot of bodies. So volunteers out doing some of that work is really, really helpful and makes the impacts, the ripple effect huge. So a few people can get a lot of things done, but an army of volunteers can get a lot more things done. So it's pretty impactful and meaningful when we look across the state at the number of acres that each year have had a positive impact by the Minnesota Master Naturals Program. You mentioned that the COVID-19 pandemic has forced changes in the Master Naturalist Program, and I know it's forcing changes in programs across the University of Minnesota. Talk a little bit about how the Minnesota Master Naturalist Volunteer Programming is adapting to the situation now. Um, due to COVID-19, we've really been forced to rethink how we offer our programs. Historically, our programs were offered all in person for a lot of reasons. We really value getting to know our students and we think they value getting to know us. These are long-term relationships. I now have many good friends from this 15 years of having a program. But we realized that that's not the only way to deliver a program. And we certainly are not able to reach all the audiences we would like to when we do only in-person offerings. Since the COVID outbreak, we've really been thinking long and hard about how we can do things using technology and online. And we are currently in the process of developing our classes and moving them to an online platform. We think we'll still have some in-person portions of the class because we really strongly believe that people getting to know each other and working together is really part of the glue that holds us together and makes us successful. But we can do many of the classroom activities online, providing the PowerPoints and the lectures and just getting together to do the activities and the field trips and providing those field experiences toward for the Master Naturalist students in the course. We have some other online opportunities. You know, we're thinking about how are people getting volunteer service done is also interesting too. We've had to help people make some shifts to do online volunteering. And there is actually a, quite a large number of opportunities online. One example is uh, Cedar Creek Ecosystem Preserve has game cameras out and they need someone to look at all those pictures and identify what's in the pictures. And I've actually done it myself a couple of times. And lots of times uh, there's headlights on the street going by or the grass waved and made the camera go off. But then other times there's super cool stuff in the pictures. You know, you get a picture of a deer actually looking right at the camera. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, they have had just some very interesting creatures on their game cam. That's a great way to get some online service hours. There are all kinds of citizen science projects out there that can be done online. So we've just had to really help our volunteers shift their thinking to what can I do at my computer or sitting at my desk rather than out cutting buckthorn or gathering prairie seed. Those are all wonderful projects, but not all of them are possible right now during the pandemic. So you're right on target. Our listeners love to learn more about and help with natural history, citizen science, and education. What are one or two of the cool opportunities that you have in store for Minnesota Master Naturalist volunteers and others in the next few months? Yeah, we have some pretty cool things coming up. So we, of course, are working on this online class, getting things up and going. We think we'll be able to reach a wider audience across the state, give people more opportunities to get involved. We always have long waiting lists for our in-person courses, and we're hoping that this will help people be able to engage um, in a meaningful way by moving things online. The next cool event we have upcoming is National Public Lands Day, which is September 26th. And that is the largest independent day of service for Master Nationalist volunteers across the state of Minnesota. And we want people to go out and do volunteering. Now, again, because it's COVID and uh, pandemic times, we want everyone to be careful and safe. So 
we have set up 10 to 12 locations across the state where people can go volunteer, appropriately social distance and mask if necessary. But we also would really like to encourage everyone to volunteer at home. So if you have some projects on your land or your yard that need to be done, or if you don't have land or a yard, but your neighbor does and needs some help and you can do that safely, we would encourage you to register on the Master Naturalist website. We'll send you this really cool bandana. It's a gold bandana with the maroon state of Minnesota and a prairie all across the bottom. And it says Minnesota Master Naturalist. And so all our, our National Public Land State volunteers will receive those, whether you go to the site or volunteer at home. So those are some of the cool things uh, we have coming up in the really near future. So on a personal note, I know you're also an avid naturalist who's enjoyed plenty of opportunities to nature in place during the spring and summer. What's been one of your favorite moments or discoveries? During COVID, we started doing these Trail Tuesday videos. So every Tuesday morning, I get up and uh, get dressed and often drag my teenage daughter along to go out. And she can either help video or she, she likes to look at plants and animals too. And we often go look at a variety of things. One of my favorite things to look at this spring and summer has been on the Minnesota River, there's a couple of dams and near Appleton, they've done a drawdown to encourage wetland plant growth. So we have seen just a plethora of shorebirds that are not common for this area, but are really hanging around a lot because there's so much exposed mud and sand in the Minnesota River Basin. And the plants are actually coming in at great growth rates. They're really excited. Hard stem bulrush, which was one of the target plants, is regrowing like mad. So they're really excited to see what will happen when they raise the water again. So it's been fun to see how some human manipulation on a really manipulated landscape, they're trying to put it back to the way it was, uh, has been going over the course of the summer. And it's been fun to watch from, you know, from the very beginning of the drawdown to now where there's birds and plants and all kinds of different things that haven't been there for 50 or 60 years. Did you have any first sightings or life list additions? Uh, so I, I'd like to consider myself an okay birder, but people I work with would tell me I'm not even an okay birder. I, I'm pretty okay, but no, there, there have been some shorebirds and I'm not great at them, but just some, some fun species to see. Um, this week in my yard, though, I actually had a Blackburnian warbler, which is apparently a big deal in the birding world. When I posted it on Facebook, uh, several birders wanted to know where I live. So wasn't really interested in sharing my home address, but, but um, what's happening now is warblers are starting to migrate and we're just seeing them moving through. So that was a, a very cool, rare species to find in my own backyard. So here's my last question, Amy. I know you're familiar with our social media apps and our various channels. What is a hashtag or a brief message that you would really take off, like millions of people are sharing it? And it can be something about your work or just something important to you right now. The hashtag I actually find myself using most often is nature in place. And that's because we've been doing a lot of things closer to home, trying to stay safe uh, during the pandemic. And um, it's fun to look and see what people are doing close to them. A Master Naturalist project that we're just wrapping up that we'll be sharing publicly soon is we have created a story map of where people across the state of Minnesota use the nature in place hashtag and the places they've been going and enjoying during the pandemic. So I feel like that's one that we'll be able to share with everyone publicly soon on a story map. And if you use the hashtag nature in place, we'll be able to find you and see what you're doing in our great state of Minnesota too. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of The Naturalist. 
Huge thanks to Amy for joining us. Visit www.minnesotamasternaturalist.org to learn more about the program and upcoming opportunities. This episode was recorded over Zoom from our homes during the coronavirus pandemic in 2020. We hope you enjoyed the opportunity for some advanced training during your daily walk while gardening or while sitting at your desk. Give us a thumbs up or drop a comment to let us know you value the podcast. Pass it along to others. In the meantime, we look forward to sharing another episode soon. Stay safe, be healthy, and we hope you enjoy Nature in Place. Hey, I have a final note to share this week. Did you know the Minnesota Master Naturalist Volunteer Program turns 15 years old this year, this month? For 15 years, we've been connecting our mighty team of 1,800 volunteers to local natural resources education, service, and citizen science projects across Minnesota. We're celebrating this milestone for the next two months through November 26th. If you'd like to help us celebrate, we invite you to make a gift to support a program that you love. Donors provide scholarships for new volunteers, invite expert speakers, expand our National Public Lands Day events, and explore new ways to get people outside. Whether you've been with us for 15 years or if you are just starting, we look forward to celebrating this milestone with you. To make a gift online, visit z.umn.edu forward slash mnatgive. That is capital M, capital N, at give.